My Bible is open to Joshua chapter number 24, uh, verse number 14. Joshua chapter number 24 and verse number 14. Everything in life begins with a choice. And every day of your life, you will have to make choices. What are you going to wear? <laughs> you have to choose if you're going to work, whether or not you're going. <laughs> if you have a job, where you're going to go, what you're going to do, who you're going to be with, all of those types of choices uh, we have to continually make, but we all have to admit this, that some choices are far more important than others. And what I want to encourage us in is this, make the most important choice first, and then let everything else follow that one choice. The scripture we're getting ready to read is an aged leader at the end of his life talking to a nation. He's a warrior. He had fought many battles. He was a conqueror. His name is Joshua. He was Moses' assistant. In fact, he took over for Moses after Moses died, and he literally led the nation through the conquest of some 31 nations. And so here he is at the end of his life giving advice, giving guidance to this nation so that they could be prepared for what's next, telling them what is important. And of all the things that he could have said, he made this bold declaration and he challenged them to serve the Lord. Verse 14 says, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers serve that we were, uh, that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can we say that together? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Here he is, this patriarch, speaking for his entire family. Everybody connected to him. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I encourage you, whether you are a matriarch, a patriarch, a cousin, or a nephew, 
to make the bold declaration up front as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, say it. As for me The thing is, God did not leave it up to us in terms of how to serve him. He gave us some, some prescribed ways, some things that we are to do in terms of our service to the Lord. And I believe we're going to see some key words in this passage that's going to help us in our service to God, in serving the Lord. Again, this is the guiding choice that will guide the rest of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you go ahead and make the choice now to serve God, Things will begin to fall in line with that choice. Here's the first thing. Verse 14 says, now therefore, here it is, fear the Lord. So we have to serve the Lord reverently. Say that. Serve the Lord reverently. Now, now hear this, hear this. When he says serve the Lord reverently, to fear the Lord, let me tell you what it means. It means to be afraid. It means to, a lot of times we don't like to hear that, but you know, God is love. God is all powerful, baby. We have to recognize who God is. Yes, God is love, but please understand this. He's not to be played with. And, and, and God doesn't just have power. He has all power. And so it means that we are to serve with a reverential fear. It's not in the sense of you, you're scared, oh God, oh God, oh God. But it's in your heart that everything that I'm doing, everything that I do, I serve with God in mind. I'm doing it with God in mind. There's a reverential fear so that I'm not just going on my own, acting any kind of way. I'm doing what I do for his glory, for his honor. Now, forgive me for going back a little bit because I, I'm a firm believer in moving forward, but sometimes we throw away some good stuff. Um, it used to be that there People had a fear of the Lord in the church. Now, I'm just take the little church that I, brought, I was brought up in. It was a smaller sanctuary, but there was, this area up here is called the pulpit. And everybody didn't just walk up in the pulpit. It was meant, y'all know what I'm talking about? It was meant for the man of God, for those who had a calling on their lives, and you didn't play in the church. It was, it was, it was, that was because there was a reverential fear of God. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that we, 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 we reverence the building, but I do think we need to reverence and have respect for the space that God uses. Hear this. My dad was a, 
handyman, and so he did a lot of um, the repairs at the church. And so he had a key. He would go up and, and, uh, and open the church, and I would go with him. So when nobody was looking, I would sneak up on the pulpit. I would take that first step. I saw I wasn't dead. And then I went on up there. And I remember as a little boy standing behind the, you know, standing behind the book board, standing behind this, this podium. And, uh, and I was just amazed at the feeling that I had. Like, this is what it is. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. I honestly believe now, looking back on it, that was God doing something in me. Hear this, though. There has to be something in you that I don't care where you are, you are aware of God's presence. There's something in you. In the Old Testament, let me just do, do the little bit of teaching. In the Old Testament, what they would have is called the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was a box, a rectangular box that represented the presence of God. And it was so awesome that only the high priest could go into the space, which was the Holy of Holies, where this box resided. It was so powerful in there for the presence of God that they would tie a rope around the high priest because anybody couldn't go up in there. In fact, one guy touched the box and he died because he wasn't supposed to touch it. And so hear this, hear this. Fast forward to the New Testament. That box in the Old Testament represented the power and presence of God. Now that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the box lives in you. And his name is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And so there has to be an awareness that wherever I am, he's there. There's nowhere I can go that he's not. If I step in this place, whether a good place or a bad place, I'm taking him with me because he never leaves me nor forsakes me. So I have to have a fear of a, a reverential respect for God. So we have to serve the Lord reverently. My wife is from Brooklyn, New York, and she said even the drunks, when they would pass by the church, any place that was identified as a church, they would take their hat off, go on the other side of the street, and walk around because they had a reverential respect for God. Let me just challenge you. Don't let this culture steal your reverence. Something is sacred. Some things are holy. Some things are not to be tampered with. So we have to serve God reverently. Here's another thing. We have to serve God sincerely. Everybody say sincerely. When you look at this same text, he says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. The word literally means, uh, it, it means completely unscathed. It means whole and entire. In fact, we get the word integrity. It pours forth from this. And those of you who are in math, you love the word integer. It's whole. And so it means that it's the expression of having the harmony 
that should exist between a man's internal and external qualities. Hope. So what I say matches what I do. The way I live matches what I proclaim. I don't on Sunday sing hallelujah and Monday my life look like I don't even know the word hallelujah. You hearing me? In fact, it means to not be hypocritical. My wife uh, was telling a story of how... um, this, this word sincere means without wax. And the picture is this. Those who would sell pottery um, sometimes would break the pottery. And what they would do is use wax to put the pottery back together and then color it and try to give it the appearance that it was whole and try to sell it for full price. So what would happen is this. They... they the people who were smart buyers like you guys would come and look at the pottery and then they would hold it up to the light. If they saw light coming through, that meant there was wax and they could negotiate a far lesser price because of the imperfections. And so what sincere means is when they hold our lives up to the light, they don't see cracks in us. They don't see where we, when I'm not talking about cracks, I'm talking about cracks in the sense of we are not who we say we are. Come on, we're going to serve God sincerely. Come on, I'm going to serve him sincerely. He also said, okay, we serve reverentially. We serve sincerely, but he says, serve the Lord truthfully. Because he says, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. Truth means here, it means being faithful, meaning I can be counted on. Meaning I, when you ask me something, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm faithful to what I said. I'm trustworthy. Let that be a part of your life where you are trustworthy, meaning there is, when you say I'm going to be here at whatever time and I'm going to do whatever I said I'm going to do, you can count on it. Just imagine you came today and I'm scheduled to preach and uh, you saw me at QT before you came and you saw that I was fine. And he got here, and I wasn't here. You say, okay, maybe he's running late. And then people didn't know, so they say, was something wrong with Pastor Bill? No, I just saw him at QT. He was, he, he was getting, you know, uh, coffee, and he mixed a little latte in it. I saw it. Put some Splenda on it and, 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 and uh, non-dairy creamer. And so that's what he was doing, and, I, and he, was, he was fine. Did the car break down? No, he was driving. I saw, I saw him. I saw him pull off. Okay, maybe something happened. We're just going to give it. To, you came the next week and I didn't show up. You came the next week and I didn't show up. How many would be okay with that? Would you? Wouldn't, 
What would, I wouldn't be okay. That wouldn't, that's not cool. Should God have an expectation of us that we're going to be faithful? If you have an expectation of me, should, oh, let me get on this side because y'all looking at me some kind of way. God has the right to expect faithfulness to, in us. So as we say we're going to do something and we follow it through, that's, a ser- that's serving God. Amen. Amen. Thank God for his mercy, right? But what I want you to hear is this. There is nothing that, it talks about an unfaithful man. There's nothing like having an unfaithful man. It's like having a, the scripture talks about like a foot out of joint. You just can't depend on it. So we're to serve the Lord reverently. Come on, say it. Sincerely and truthfully. Now hear this one. We have to serve the Lord, and I want you to hear me, modern day Christian, exclusively. The Bible says here in verse 14, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord exclusively. When it says put it away, it means where we are literally to take it and move anything that is an obstacle to us serving God. Are you hearing? So I'm putting it away. I'm literally removing it out of my life. And I need to know, I need to, and I found this out. D-T-R. Define the relationship. All right, we've been going out. Come here, sweetie. At some point, I had to D-T-R. In fact, we were good friends. Good friends. Best friends. I was dating somebody else. Oh my. I thought, and in fact, I thought I was going to marry this other person. Can we talk today? It's getting ready to get juicy. I asked her, my best friend, do you think that we can still be best friends? And I'm getting ready to get married to her. And she said, any woman worth her salt 
is not going to let you be friends with un- best friends with another woman. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. You, you just, you're an illustration now. I'm preaching. So now, obviously that didn't work out, this relationship over here. We are still friends and I find something happening in my heart towards her beyond a friendship. And she finds something happening towards me in her heart beyond a friendship. At some point, we had to Are you hearing? So here I was on my way, Adrian, to my ordination in Birmingham. And she rode with me from Atlanta. To my ordination. And what had happened was another couple was riding with us. They talked the whole way to Birmingham. The guy talked the whole way to Birmingham. On the way back after the ordination, God put him in a stupor. He was just, he was just like this comatose. And for some reason, because guys are guys, I didn't want to use affectionate language. I called her Fred. Fred, F-R-E-D. How you doing, Fred? Makes no sense, I know. And then I was like, Fred, what's the Lord saying to you? She said, nothing. He ain't saying nothing to me. And then I said again, Fred... What's the Lord saying to you? Lord ain't saying nothing to me. And then I reached over and grabbed her hand. I said, wife. What's the Lord saying to you? And she started crying. He said, you my husband. Bro, got it. I got it like that. You see what I'm talking about? Drop the mic. But hear me. Ne- Once I said wife, I stopped calling a friend. I started calling her honey. I started calling her boo. I started calling her my sugar pie honey bunch. You know how much I love you. Can't help myself love you and nobody else. You're my love, my dove, my defiled, my undefiled. Are you here? Go home, sit down. Now, now, what I had to do is I had to... And God is saying, I need you, wife, the bride of Christ, to define the relationship. I'm ready for exclusivity. I'm tired of loaning you out to the God of success. 
the God of other people's opinion. I'm tired of letting you date money. I'm tired of you letting you date the opinions of people. I'm ready for an exclusive relationship with you. I'm ready for you to define the relationship. And if you're going to serve me, you got to serve me exclusively. There has to be something in your life and in my life where we say, that's for God. I don't bow down to a man. My hallelujahs, that's for God. I, 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 don't, I don't praise people. I'm sorry, I'll, I thank you, I appreciate you, but I can't worship you. I can't worship. I can't worship you. I thank God for you, but I cannot worship you. Because when we say serve the Lord, serve the Lord literally means that we are to fear him, obey him, and worship him only. That God, I'm going to give myself wholeheartedly to you. And hear me and hear me good. At some point in your life, you're going to have to define the relationship. Who is it to you? Do you serve him exclusively? I'm not talking about where you mix up a little Hinduism, a little of for something from Mohammed and Muslims, a little something from this uh, sect and this one, and you blend it together and call it modern-day spiritualism and think that you're okay with God. I'm talking about defining the relationship and serving him exclusively. See, hear me, hear me. I appreciate inclusivity. And people say, Pastor, we don't want, we want to be inclusive. I want to tell you something. All roads don't lead to God. Well, pastor, that is not what we're saying out in the streets. We're saying something totally different. You've been wrong before. Jesus said, I am the way. Not one of the ways. I am the way. The truth. The life. No man comes to the Father except. Now, 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 you, you could try a lot of other ways, but I am you come, the only way to get to the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, you know, there are some people, and you know, they're, they're, like I know some people that are very nice and very kind. You can be kind and lost. Just like you can be mean and be Christian. Don't look at anybody. And so what I'm saying is there has to be something in us where we say, God, I serve you exclusively. This nation that Joshua was talking to had experienced God doing amazing things in terms of fighting battles, uh, coming through the Red Sea. They had a tremendous history. And they began to serve the gods of the people that they defeated. Why would you go get a God that didn't help them. 
and you're going to go and bow down to him. And Joshua said, look, look, choose who you're going to serve. So there has to be, there has to be at some point where you say, God, my hallelujahs, they belong to you. And here's here's the last one. You have to serve God decidedly. Hear this. Verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose. Choose for yourselves, not tomorrow, but this day, whom you will serve. Now, I want to, but before, I, before I dig, go too far, I want to say this. You're going to serve something. But you have to make a decision. There has to be, when it says decidedly, that means free from doubt or wavering, where you're going to have this inward commitment that I choose to serve God. Wait a minute. There are going to be situations that's going to arise in your life that's going to challenge your choice, and you're going to have to make the decision up front before you hit the situation. Where you're going to say, I choose. Come on, say, ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. Come on, say, I choose to serve God. And so what you have to do, because listen, there are some of you, you're going to be in high profile positions and people are going to give you the opportunity to get shortcuts and going to cheat and get it. But you have to say, look, I've made the choice. Integrity is because if I do that, I'm not serving God. If I cheat you, I'm not serving God. I can't compromise. I can't do it. I can't back down. I'm going to serve God. You're going to go to schools and people are going to try to tempt you in every kind of way. And you're going to have to say up front before you arrive at the dormitory, I choose to serve God. Because there are going to be opportunities to, am I right, bro? If I'm right, just stand up and wave. wave, Testify. You're going to have opportunities. But you have to choose to serve God. Every day of your life, it's going to be a daily choice. I choose to serve God. I choose to serve God. I choose to serve God. Oh, God. Hear this. Hear this. I don't want to get in. Can I keep it real? When I moved to Atlanta, I was minister of music. In fact, our guest today is Chip. Uh, Chip Norman, he's, he is minister of music at the church that I came here as minister of music at Beulah Baptist Church. Thank you, Chip, for serving today. Corey's on vacation. So he took time off of his church to come and serve. Thank you, sir. So he's on vacation working. All right. So when I came to Atlanta, Beulah's a very large church, and I was the minister of music single man. I want you to hear this. I had an opportunity to compromise compromise in a way that would not be good. That's enough. And in 
when the offer was made to me, let me tell you what the Holy Ghost did. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, I cannot take credit for this. These words came out of my mouth. I said, I choose the anointing. I choose the anointing. Everything in me didn't want to choose the anointing. But the word, the reverential fear, that commitment to God caused something to rise up in me. And I said, and I'm not trying to play hero today because God knows there have been times that I've missed it. So I'm not standing here as a perfect man, but I'm telling you, you can win. You can choose. You can make a decision up front to serve God. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I believe that this is the, you, you are at a place right now. Hear me, hear me, where you are going to, you need to go ahead and make the decision. The spirit of God has been tampering with you. He's been messing with you. He's been trying to draw you closer. And the thing is, you find yourself The more you compromise, the further away you get from God. And it's harder to get back. Not that he leaves you, but you left him. Okay, I need to end this, but I got to illustrate. Can can I do it? I am with God. He and I are fellowshipping. I've made the decision to follow him. What happens is, but the first time I compromise, I find myself distance from who I serve. And so that somehow I can kind of still get there, but there is distance. The next time I compromise again, And whereas I'm trying to get to him, I can still touch him, but I don't sense his presence the way I used to because I'm not as close as I once was. Here's another compromise, and now I can't even touch him. I try to get to him, but I can't touch him. And the next thing I know, I'm over here and I'm trying to say, God, I'm praying, but it seems like the heavens are brass. It seems like nothing is happening. And the next thing I'm over here and I'm told I can't even see God anymore. I don't see him active in my life because I did not make the first choice. As for me and my house, first compromise, we will serve the Lord. You got to go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to go. As for me, he already knows. Wait, he already knows because he's seen me make choices to serve God. There has to be something on the inside where I'm going to serve him. I'm going to make sure that nothing's going to keep me from him. He's my life. 
I'm not talking to you about some church stuff. I'm talking to you about your life. When you begin to have this kind of relationship with him, where you say, God, I serve you. I don't know other than the Spirit of God had to lead my former choir director as a boy to have me sing this song. As a boy, I sang an old song, and it was, To the glory of God, I give my all. To the glory of God, I give my all. And one of the lines says, um, He's been my joy ever since I was a little boy, and I was a little boy. I'm thinking, you don't have any history. (laughs) But what God will do, he'll have you to make the declaration. Long before you need a performance of that word. So I had been declaring as a little boy that my life counts for God. And when it came time, I began seeing God show up in my life in ways that I cannot take credit for. And I come to you very simply today. Choose to serve God. Where you're going to serve him decidedly, exclusively, truthfully. Where you're going to serve him sincerely and you're going to have a reverence for him. Choose to serve.